You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. The story we're going to look at today deals primarily with our attitude uh, when it comes to money and possession. Okay? How many of you are excited for December? Okay? Nakikita niyo na yung number 13. Okay, the 13th month is coming. Or, ubus na ba siya? <laughs> uh, so, it's, it's really, uh, really exciting. I came across this quote from Martin Luther. Why are we talking about money? And maybe this is your first time to join us and you're used to hearing uh, conversation about money in finance seminars and I don't know, maybe on campus. So why are we talking about money here in church? Martin Luther, the reformer, said uh, something about money. He said, there are three conversions necessary for every person to be full-pledged follower of Christ. The conversion of the heart, the mind, and the wallet. Our hearts need to be changed, our minds need to be renewed, and our wallet ought to be surrendered to God. Jesus said, if there's one thing that has the potential to dethrone Him in our hearts, that's money. It's not sex, not power, not fame, not title, not position, not our family. If there's anything that can dethrone God from our hearts, that's money. He said uh, in the Bible, every day we make decisions that involves our faith and money. We make choices every day which one to value more. Will I value more my faith in God? Will I value more the promises of God? Will I value more the conviction that God has given me? Or will I value more money? You know, I remembered uh, this story of a girl who was given two 10 peso coins by her mom on their way to church. Sabi niya, the 10 pesos, the other one, you'll use that uh, during the time of giving, you'll give that to God. That's for God. The 10 uh, peso, the other 10 peso, that's for your whatever you want to buy. Candy or uh, McDonald's Happy Meal or, or <laughs> Hello Kitty. I don't know. So she was excited to go to church. And then after that, like travel sila. Then on their way, habang papasok po sila sa church, she was on a hurry. And then she accidentally dropped one of the coins. It rolled and it went in inside an open manhole. So nahulog siya. Isa na lang yung hawak niya. Sabi, Oops, there goes your 10 pesos, God. Napapili siya. Sabi niya, candy ko ba yun o yung pera ni Lord? <laughs> Sabi niya, uh, I think that's your money, Lord. <laughs> and so she, oh, okay, medyo late lang, no? Pero, <laughs> okay naman. <laughs> so pumili siya. Sabi niya, okay, pinili niya yung candy niya. So, we're going to look at the story of the rich fool, the parable of the rich fool. And uh, surprisingly, the, the ending of the story really has a surprising twist at the end. And so we're going to look at the story of the parable of the rich uh, fool. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to read from Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 13. And as you're turning your Bible, uh, I'll pray a short prayer. If you can join me in a word of prayer. Lord, we, uh, we commit to you this time. We pray that your word will renew our minds and, Lord, align our hearts. 
Lord God, we pray that your word will impart faith in our hearts. Lord God, will grow our love for you. And Lord God, will give us clarity and perspective how to see life and how to see the world. God, thank you that your word is not only timeless, but it is timely. So Lord, thank you that you will speak to each and every one of us according to the situation that we're in today. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 13. It says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Now, someone approached Jesus and this guy wasn't there to really ask God for guidance about his situation. He was actually there just to get God's favor. He already made up his mind. He already knew uh, know what to do. He just want God to agree with him. He just want God to bless whatever it is that he's planning to do. So Jesus refused to do so. And instead, he used that moment to address a deeper issue. So instead of getting into all the details, sabi niya, ito kasi Jesus, namatay yung tatay namin, there's this inheritance, and I don't know what will be the division of the money. So he's asking God to talk to his brother. So he refused to get involved. Knowing that there's a deeper issue than what's being presented to him at that moment. So he addressed the real issue. And then, interestingly, in verse 15, Jesus and he said to them, he was not just talking to this man. When he responded to the, uh, to the inquiry, he actually addressed the answer to all the people. Maybe because this issue is not just uh, true in the heart of this man, but it, this is an issue that is really present in the heart of almost everyone who is in that crowd at that time. So he said, he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, Jesus told the story of this rich man with a growing business and wealth. His, his business was really growing exponentially. Sobrang all-time high yung sales. You know, uh, last Wednesday, I read this in the newspaper, I think Philippine Star, but I also see it in the website of CNN, and it's saying that the Philippines right now is the top performing economy in Southeast Asia. How many of you know God is doing something in our nation? 
Okay, with all the bad reports and all the news. Actually, I've stopped watching news already. Just full of negativity. And it's not really talking about the, the whole picture. But God is doing something great in our nation. And I like the part, when I read this article, I like the part where the vice chairman of Metrobank uh, said this in agreement to what was reported in the news. He said, Before I, if I could entertain five to six businessmen a year, I was lucky. Now I entertain five to six people a week. What used to uh, be to happen in one year time, he said, it's, we're seeing it happen in just a one week period. How many of you know God can bless you and your business exponentially? God can accelerate what, uh, what God is doing in our lives. If you are doing sales, maybe from uh, an average of one condo unit a month, how many of you know you, God can bless you to a point where you can sell 10 condo units in a week? I mean, if you, have, if you can get projects or contracts once a month, parang sobrang laki na yun. How many of you know God can give you projects and contracts every single week? I mean, God can bless exponentially what God has entrusted to us. Now, but the question is, what will you do when God prospers you? And that's the question that this guy wrestled with in his mind when he started seeing everything that he, uh, he had growing exponentially. The, the, the wealth, the investment, the savings... Uh, everything was growing. So, here's what he said. What shall I do with all this money and possessions? First, he said, I'll enlarge my storehouse so I can save more, invest more, and have more. Sabi niya, buhusan ko pa yung stocks. Uh, invest pa tayo dito, save pa tayo dito. So, I'm going to increase my deposit. I'm going to increase my investment and all of these things. And not only that, here's what I'm going to do. I will enjoy to the max. I'm going to relax. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. In other words, he's saying, you know, here's what I'm going to do. With all this money that I have, I'll just go travel around the world. How many of you here, you want to travel around the world? Sabi niya, I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to shop till I drop. I will go to all the malls. And I'm just going to enjoy my dream house and my dream car and my unlimited income. You know, if he's alive today, he will be considered very successful. This sounds very familiar. I've read this in some books. I've heard this from some business presentations where the guy presenting and recruiting uh, new applicants would show his check and say, here's the check I've, I've earned the past few months. Six-figure income. This is now the house where I live. And my goal is to retire at age 35. And just enjoy. Wow! Grabe yung goal mo sa buhay. 35 talaga, gaganong-ganong ka na lang. But that's really appealing right now. If he's alive today, this guy will be considered a top earner. He'll be considered very successful. But here's the unexpected ending and twist of the story. God called him a fool. You're a fool. And then he said, not only him, but everyone who will live like him. So, what's wrong with this picture and this story? Is it wrong to want more? 
Is it wrong to upgrade? Is it wrong to desire for something bigger or something better? You know, what can we learn from this story? There are, here are two simple but powerful reminders from Jesus as we live our lives. From this story that we can glean. First one, Jesus said, when this guy approached him and talking about inheritance, he said, be on your guard against all covetousness. Be on your guard. Can you please turn to the person seated next to you? Tell that person, guard your heart. Okay? Guard your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The condition of our hearts determines the quality of our life. And that's not only true physically, that's also true spiritually. Now, can you imagine if something's wrong with your heart? Yung quality ng life mo, wala, limited. There are activities you can't do. There are places you can't go. I mean, there are food you can't eat. The condition of your heart determines the quality of your life. That's why many of us are very particular with what we eat. Some of us. That's why we're organic is so in today. Kasi very particular tayo. Yung heart ko, kailangan kong i-guard. Because we know that will impact the way we live. And you know what the Bible says? Guard your heart because that's also true spiritually because out of the abundance of the heart, your life will overflow. So guard, God said, be on your guard against all covetousness. And here's why. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, when we talk about idols, we think of images that we bow down to. But the Bible says, there's this type of idolatry that, you know, that you can't really see or touch, but it's something that really influenced the way we live. Covetousness. I like what um, John Piper said. He's a pastor in the U.S. I just read this in his book. He said, covetousness is desiring something so much that we lose our contentment in God. Covetousness is desiring something so much that we lose our contentment in God. It becomes an idol. It mutates into an idol. An idol is something that we desire more than God. An idol is something that we trust and value more than God. Something that we believe we won't be able to live without. Parang di ako mabubuhay pag wala to. Hindi ako masaya pag wala to. Wala akong peace. I won't be able to sleep well at night without this. If that's not God, that's an idol. An idol is something that we desire, that we trust and value more than God. And covetousness is something that we desire so much to the point that it captures our heart, our devotion, our passion that we would choose it any time of the day than God. And so, the Bible says, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. An idol is something we desire more than God. When it becomes the driving force for everything that we do, when it becomes the source of our joy, security, and identity, that has become an idol. Is there anything in your life that you think you cannot live without? Is there anything in your life that affects your mood? Yung pag... Pag 10,000 yung pera mo sa bulsa, talo? Kamusta kayo, bro? Oh, si Lord lang yan, bro. Bro, just have faith in God. Pag, five, pag 50 pesos na, 
Tsaka galing, huwag mo ko kasapin! Iba na, affect ka, di ba? How many of you here, kahit medyo may crisis sa pera, nakakangiti ka pa rin? How many of you here, kahit may crisis ka sa pera, you can still do what God is calling you to do? Amen. Now, I just heard this from a uh, fellow pastor. It helped me so much. I want to share this to you. I hope I can, I would be able to really explain this well, the way it was explained to me. But it really helped me understand more what Jesus was talking about when He said, guard your heart. How can you guard your heart from something that you don't see? I'm not the judge whether you're covetous, whether you're greedy or not. Just because you upgraded your iPhone 6 to 7 doesn't mean you're greedy. Just because you want to upgrade your car doesn't mean you're covetous. Not necessarily. So, who am I to judge? But And so, it's us who need to really discern. It's really us who need to hear from God whether, Lord, greed na ba to? You know, there are two extremes. That's both not healthy and both not from God. Two extremes. One is poverty. One is greed. Poverty uh, says, I don't have enough. And the other one says, I want more. Two extremes. God's will for you is not for you to, to be in poverty. It's not from God. You know, when I, when, when I was a new pastor, nung maliliit pa lang po yung churches natin sa Victory, I still remember Pastor Steve doing a series of messages about prosperity, about believing God for more. Because he realized, us pastors, we have the faith to believe for God to grow the church, to believe God for breakthrough for other people, but we don't have faith to believe for breakthrough in our finances. The same faith we use. We have faith. Lord, papalaki mo tong simbahan. We have 40 people. But Lord, we believe you can grow this to 4,000 people. We have faith for that. Lord, we have faith kahit na, Lord, kapinsan niya ni Satanas. Pero Lord, you can change his heart. We can believe for the salvation of lost people, the worst of the worst. But when it comes to believing for, you know, believing for a car, so we can go to places, we can be there faster, but faith for that. Believe it or not, there was a time where nung may mga cellphone pa noon, pag meron kang 5110, pastor ka, men, grabe ka, you're a man of great faith. Grabe, dati nun, uso yung nakatake, nakag... tapos nakalabas yung 5110. Pag may mga pastors gathering, coming, Bro, lay hands mo ako, bro! Grabe yung poverty mindset. And God had to break that or else we won't be able to have the faith to believe for the funds so that we can expand the work of God. And then one by one, na, na, na break na, may nakabili na ng mountain bike. <laughs> Tapos merong, finally, may isang provincial church, nagkaroon ng second-hand car. Kami lahat parang, Wah! The door is open! Next na ako. So all, and, and it, it grew from there. But you know, poverty is not from God. Some people say, I say, Jesus, poor. He's not poor. He can feed 5,000 people and greed. Now, in the middle, somewhere in the middle, that is our sweet spot. God doesn't want you to be poor. God doesn't want you to be greedy. In the middle, that's where prosperity is and that's where God wants us to be. Where we have not only what we need, but we have more than what we need so we can be a blessing. 
You know, it's selfish for you to pray to God and say, Lord, just give me what I need. That's selfish. You're just thinking about yourself. We need to pray, Lord, give me more than what I need so that I can share with others. We're, we're, we're taught when we were in college, pag may mga youth camp, we're believing for 3,000 pesos. That's big amount already for us as students. And the pastor said, don't just pray for 3,000. You pray for 4,000. Huh? Why? Because you will use the 1,000 to bless another student. Oh, bago yun ah. So he started praying that way. So I pray, Lord, I pray for 4,000. Nung dumating na yung 4, Lord, is this mine? <laughs> they pray kami, Lord, who do you want me to bless? Who do you want me? You know, in U-Belt, it's amazing how a PUP student can bless a USD student. Man. Talaga, umiiyak yung USD student. Why? Prosperity is powerful. There's something about it that breaks the, the spirit that holds us back from worshiping God. Now, between poverty and prosperity, that's where contentment lies. And between prosperity and greed, that's where ambition is. So, yung contentment, parang Lord, kahit na may pinagpipray kami, we're believing for something, di pa dumarating, okay lang, Lord, we're content. Now, um, there's nothing wrong with ambition. Again, I've said, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says, God is able to do more than what we could ask for or imagine. What are you imagining right now? What are you believing for right now? God's, the Bible says, God is able to do more than what you're imagining. So, it's not necessarily lo- wrong to believe for more, to have ambition. In fact, God wants to grow what you have so that it can be a platform for you. Because sometimes for people to listen to you, they want to see proof of success. So God wants to bless you so that you can have a voice to this generation. But somewhere in the middle. So how would you know? Lord, greed na ba to? Covetousness na ba to? If you're going beyond ambition, if you're desiring something so much that you're, start, you're starting to envy other people, you're starting to covet what other people have, then that's how you know you're crossing the line. And that's the time for us to go back and say, Lord, guard my heart. Help me to guard my heart. Help me to be content with what I have. And help me to believe you for more without replacing you as the supreme value in my life. I'm ready to walk away from this. I'm praying for this, Lord. I'm praying for this breakthrough. But if this will cost me my relationship with you, I'm willing to let it go. I'm willing to walk away. That's where God wants us to be. Guard your heart. Jesus said, be on your guard. Can you please tap the person on your right? Tell that person, guard your heart. Number two, second reminder, he said, be rich toward God. Be rich toward God. You know, if you look at verse 17 to 19, this is really interesting. I want to show this to you. Three verses, there are six eyes and five my in this Verses. No wonder God told him, You're a fool. Sabi niya, here's what I'm going to do. I, 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 my, my, 11 times. It's all about him. What I want, my dreams, my ambition, my comfort, my convenience, my happiness, it's all about him. No wonder God said, You're a fool. You're a fool if your life is all about you. If it's all about accumulation and consumption. I'd like to have more so I can spend it more for me. You're a fool if you're living your life without God and living your life without considering eternity. 
You know, here's a quote that I normally use when I'm giving a talk about leadership succession. But, uh, but as I study this, I, I feel like this also applies to us when we talk about living our life in light of eternity. Here's a quote from uh, Andy Stanley. He said, No matter who you are, how famous or powerful, one day somebody will replace you. One day it will be over. One day someone else will be doing what you're doing. And one day you will be replaced. Whether you have an exit strategy or not, you will ultimately exit. And on that day, everything you've done, and everything you've dreamed, and everything you've built will be placed in someone else's hands. And that's what God did to this guy. He said, okay, you're thinking about your investments and savings and all these things. It's not, it's, it's not that it's wrong to have big savings and investments. That's not the point. But the point is, this is just the focus of his life. And God told him, your life will be over tonight. And this is what you live for. This is where you spent all your time, your energy. You've traded some relationships for this. Your life will be taken away from you. You know, how would you live differently today if tomorrow will be your last day here on earth? You know, I used to hear every time we would gather as a pastor, when we go to hospitals, pray for people who are dying. I'm yet to hear somebody who's dying who have two minutes left to live. I'm yet to hear someone na ang last na sinabi niya, ah, malilate ba ako sa office? Or kamusta ba yung stocks? Or sino gumamit ng kotse? Or lalabas na ba yung iPhone 8? I'm yet to hear a dying person is talking about his money and possession. Because at the end of our life, we would realize what really matters is our relationship with God and relationship with people. I think it was Jonathan Edwards who said, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. Meaning, help me to see everything in light of eternity. Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. And I hope God will do that to us. Even as we close later and pray, I hope that we will see life in light of eternity. That I'm just here temporarily. And that's a good thing to pray for. How can we practically be rich toward God? The Bible says, be rich toward God. Tell the person seated next to you, be rich toward God. Okay, wag ka lang mayaman financially, but make sure you're also rich when it comes to your relationship with God. How do you do that? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19, and I like the message translation. It says, tell those rich in this world's wealth. How many rich people do we have in this room today? If you can eat three times a day, you're rich. How many rich people do we have in this room today? If you have more than five pairs of clothes... More than five shirts, and if you have shoes or slippers, and you are rich. I'm talking to rich people today. If you have cell phone, you're rich. Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God. Tell them to go after God. Whatever it takes, whatever happens, pursue God. Pursue God. Who piles on all the riches who could ever manage to do good, to be rich in helping others, and to be extravagantly, extravagantly generous. If they do that, they will build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly 
life. He said, be generous. Don't be the kind of person who just hoard money. Be the kind of person who loves to give away money. When I was younger, I can't imagine myself giving away money because my reality was many times I, there's lack when it comes to my finances. I realize it's more than it's really an economic issue. It's really a spiritual issue. So when I started aligning my heart and my life to God, I realized God has His own economy. I, I won't be really be limited by what my parents are giving me. I can actually believe God for provision. You know why? Because God is the source. Not your parents, not your job, not your business. It's like ATM. When you go to ATM, you get money. But the ATM is not the source. It's just dispenser. The source is the bank that replenish that with money. In the same way, your mom is not the source. God is the source. So I won't be limited by what my parents are giving me. No, I can tap on God's unlimited resources. We can be generous. It is a decision. Don't let your salary and your allowance determine whether you will be a generous person or not. We have to change our reality. And here's the point. He said, be rich toward God. How? By being generous. Be rich in good works. Share to others. You know why? Because that's the purpose of money. The purpose of money is generosity. The purpose of prosperity is generosity. It's not for hoarding, it's for giving. That's why as Christians, as God prospers us, we should increase the standard of our giving, not just our standard of living. Okay yun, nagpipray tayo, Lord, I pray that you know, my income will double next year. That, that, no problem with that. But also pray, Lord, I pray my support to campus missionaries will also increase next year. Lord, I pray that I'll be able to give more next year. Raise the standard of giving. Not just your standard of living because the purpose of prosperity is generosity. That's how we become rich toward God. I want to end with this verse, John chapter 10, beginning uh, in verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Bible says Jesus came that we may have life. How many of you here, you want to enjoy the rest of your life? Life to the full. I think that's what we all want. And some people turn to money for that because that's the lie that we're, uh, that we're fed. That the more I have, the more life I'm going to have. The more material things I accumulate, the more life I'm going to have. But money will not give you life. Jesus is the source of life. Possessions will not give you life. It's Jesus who will give you life. That is why in spite of oh, all the money coming in, I was talking to Joe Damango, our missionary to Canberra, Australia, and they said one of the highest rate of, the, of, of suicide is in Australia among young people. First world country. How come? You know why? Because it's money and possession will not give us life. It's Jesus who will give us life. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And he do that by pulling us away from God, by lying to us, saying, all you need is more money. All you need is more possession. It's not bad to want more. But I hope we will come 
to a point where we will want Jesus more. More than salary increase, more than business expansion, more than more sales, more gadgets. I hope we will come to a point that we will actually want Jesus more in our life. Amen? Lord, we declare that you are the source of life. Lord, the Bible says that you came that we may have life and have it abundantly. So Lord God, we thank you for coming into our lives. Thank you for, Lord God, opening our eyes that we might see. Lord, our prayer today, as we, remi- as we are reminded by your word, our prayer is that prayer of Jonathan Edwards, that you will stamp eternity on our eyeballs. That we would see life in light of eternity. Lord, I pray. Lord, if we somehow veered away, Lord, kung nag-cross na kami sa line of ambition, we're already there where, where it's already greed and covetousness. Lord, we repent. We repent, Lord God, for replacing you with money and possessions. Lord, we're sorry for, Lord God, instead of looking to you, we look to other things. But Lord, thank you that today you aligned our hearts. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you once again reminded us with your word. So Lord God, I pray, capture our heart in our imagination. Our desire, O Lord. I pray that you will be the supreme value in our hearts. I pray, Lord God, that that there is nothing and no one in this world that we will love more than you. Lord, bring us to that place. Bring us to that place where we will actually want you more than anyone and anything in this world. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.